What's up? This is Ralph Trezvan. You're listening to Reviews and Done with my dude, Derek Dunn. Keep it locked, fam. What up, world? Once again, it's Derek Dunn of Reviews and Done, back with another interview. Now, my guest today has the honor of actually working with one of my favorite singers, the one and only Ralph Trezvan. Now, you folks know that I'm an album credit reader, so in addition to this gentleman having his own group, Crucial Heartbreak, he was a driving force in Ralph's highly underrated third solo album from way back in 2006 when I was still in the Air Force and had to pay international shipping to get that CD. That's right, folks. I'm talking about Mr. Dan Dillman of Crucial Heartbreaks. Welcome to the line. Oh, man. Thank, thank you for having me, Derek. Brother Derek, it's, it's an honor to be uh, chopping it up with you. Uh, thank you, man. So let's uh, get right into it. So how did you guys come up with the name Crucial Heartbreak? I mean, I'm a fan, so I know where the name comes from. But right. for those who aren't familiar with Crucial Heartbreak, how did you guys form and how did you come up with the name? Well, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, it was probably late 80s when when Bill, Billy and, uh, and Diamond, Danny Bell, uh, we're all kicking around names. What name, man, what name should we have? And we, we were all in a group called Till Tonight previously. So, uh, th- and that group kind of broke up or, you know, we went our separate ways. And so we were like, man, we need to come up with a new group name. Obviously, New Edition, Ralph and New Edition were, you know, always some of our, not some of our, basically our, our favorite group and individual, you know, Ralph being... You know, my, I'd look at the cassette credits when I was a kid and be like, I feel like I know this guy. <laughs> um, but I'm sure everyone did. So bottom line is, you know, we're big New Edition fans and we're like, took Crucial and Heartbreak and put them together and, you know, we rolled with it, man. We thought it was, back then, we thought it was dope. <laughs> we're, we're, we're honoring, you know, New Edition and our, our favorite guys and, and, you know, we looked up to them. We wanted to you know, uh, sing like them and, and, and just, so that's it. So that, that's basically how we came together with that. I don't remember if we knew the boys to men, I, you know, we just had to talk about this not too long ago. None of us can remember if, if boys to men was a thing yet um, when they took their name from, you know, from one of the, the records off the heartbreak as well. So, um, well, yeah. That, that's how it came about, man. We were excited to to put those things together and to uh, to rep that name, and and you know we thought we were the 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 business, you know. <laughs> cool, cool. So how did you guys end up linking up with Ralph? Man, well, you know, it it, it was you know, we were out, you know, doing performing. You know, not only was Diamond D, you know, I keep referring to to Diamond because that's what you know that's what we always call him, but his his name's Danny Bell, you know besides us being together in our group, he also was performing uh, as a solo artist, as a solo rap artist. And so he had a, he had a concert at, man, I can't remember the radio station at the time back in San Jose, if it was 97, so it was something. So anyway, so we had a big concert. It was Lighter Shade of Brown, Tony Terry, Troop, uh, Diamond D. And of course, you know, Billy and I were singing backgrounds for Dan on that particular gig. And so we're there at the concert, and and we uh, we run into to uh, Stephen Russell, Stephen Russell Hart from uh, from Troop, and uh, or maybe it was Louis Burrell at first. Actually, we may have ran into Louis Burrell backstage, and we sang for him, and they were just like blown away. You know, Louis was tripping. Matter of fact, he dragged us over to Steve and those guys. He goes, listen, listen to these guys, listen to these guys, and so we did our thing there. And, um, and, you know, and from that point on, we met Troop, we met uh, Reggie from Troop, Steve from Troop, and they invited us back to the hotel, you know, just to chop it up and kick it. So we, we did that. I may be giving you the long extended version, but in a nutshell, uh, we met Troop and we went back and kicked it with them at the hotel. And while we're kicking it at the hotel, you know, just chopping it up and talking. Matter of fact, I remember TLC um, came on the television that there was some big show they must have done and we're all watching it together and and then one of the guys says, yo, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph T is over, you know, blah, 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 at the hotel or something like that. 
and we all, you know, especially me, I said, hold up, Ralph T, Ralph T. And they said, yeah, man, he's staying here at the same, same hotel that we are right now. He's just, you know, down, down the, the road. And so, of course, you know, I told him, I said, man, I love Ralph. I mean, he's, I'm just like, you know, the biggest fan. And I, I love to meet him. And so right then, you know, kind of synchronicity, uh, Ralph's, Ralph's cousin, uh, Zaina, came over to their hotel. And so, you know, introduced us. We all kicked it. We're like, man, we want to meet Ralph. We want to meet Ralph. <laughs> and so, uh, so he took us over to, to Ralph's hotel room and, you know, and went in there. And, man, it, it was, you know, I, I don't know how to tell you, but from my perspective, it was like starstruck and, and disbelief that my favorite singer of all time was standing right in front of me and he was he was just a sweetheart man he was just you know just a, a, a you know I, I say it, it lovingly but you know he was just like he was hella cool and uh first thing he asked me was you know we're talking because obviously and by the way this is in fremont california is where they were staying which is you know i was from oakland and hayward san leandro and so we're down in fremont where they're staying at the hotel and first thing ralph hits me up with is are there any good fishing places around here and i said hell yeah i could take you to some uh, some great fishing spots so we kind of hit it off right from that moment and you know shoot i think the next day man we we're off fishing and so so that's that's how it started. And of course, in that same moment in time beyond that, you know, um, it was, I was all about showing them my music, of course, you know, that was all caught up in the conversation that, you know, working on music, I'm in a group and, and, but it really, you know, it took off, um, our relationship started from being friends and fishing and, and, and then, you know, I was a techno nerd, uh, when it came to computers and hard disk recording and, editing on the computer and all that kind of stuff so now we just became friends and and of course you know friends kick it and you know some friends who are into video games play video games together some go fishing and when you when you got two guys that love fishing and making music um you know it was it was it just turned into that to that great friendship and we started even doing music and he started helping me out and giving me tips and all kinds of stuff man so there's my extended version i hope you edit it up a little bit because I'm sure I'm doing some rambling, but it was awesome, man. Bottom line, it was a it was a magical uh, moment for me back then um, to not only get to meet him, but then you know to to click as friends, and that was dope. That was dope. You know, that was like a dream come true. Oh, well, man, you know it's all about Brian. You know, me me being a diehard <clears throat> any fan first. I'm also a, uh, a music historian, and you know I just love to hear people. Tell tell their truth, tell their story about why they met somebody. So, like I said to me, this is a uh, right now better than NBA Finals. Just hearing you talk and hearing the um, camaraderie you have for a fellow musician as well as your friend is just you know everything going on. Everything going on right now in the world. Without going to detail, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's lifting my spirits up. So, thank you for that history and thank you for that story. Oh man, you're welcome. I'm 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 honored and, and glad to share it with you. Uh, for someone who cares to hear it. <laughs> All right, so you link up with Ralph. You guys have the group. So let's go. Let's uh, get into this uh, album. Just get into the nitty gritty now. First time I heard Crucial Heartbreak was back in 2001 when I was going to Troy State. And, you know, this was back in the day, you know, I mean, I still bought music, but like everybody else, like, you know, I would download and use naps or whatever. So, like, you know, I would just type in random stuff, like, you know, so I typed in this joint and she's little cutie, you know, just popped up randomly. And I kept that joint on repeat, you know, and my college drunk, it was just a smooth, nice little throwback track and then you know I started to search for other songs Ain't No Casanova and I was trying to remember what the other one I heard early on was and I was anxiously trying to you know get an album so you guys you know so I could actually support the artist and buy a physical copy so why wasn't there ever actually a full on retail album available you know back in the early 2000s for you all Man, I mean, you know, I, I should probably tell you the, the truth, truth. And the truth, truth is that, you know, we had an offer and, and you know, I can't remember if it was a, someone from Electra or, or Atlantic Records at the 
time, but we basically had a record deal offer and they offered us like a quarter of a million dollar deal. And, and basically we were just, you know, we were just, I want to say we're ignorant. <laughs> I want to say we're silly. Um, because basically we turned it down, you know, we're like, you know, we we're like, man, we're rolling with the greatest, you know, we, man, our stuff is, you know, blah, blah, blah. We, we need at least a half a million dollar deal and blah, blah, blah. So we started talking crazy. And so that one offer, there was our one offer as a legitimate major label um, and we screwed it up. Uh, so that's the truth about that uh, in the sense of, of why that one shot for a major, you know, deal didn't, you know, didn't happen. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm being extremely, extremely straightforward with that one, man. We, we thought we deserve more and we didn't have the, the correct mindset at the time to know that let's, let's get our foot in the door. It could have been a hundred thousand dollars. We should have took the deal, cut the record, put it out, let the music speak for itself and then grow from there, you know? But, um, we had different expectations and different mindsets. And I have to admit that I was probably, um, probably the one, you know, negotiating and, and, and lobbying for the bigger amount when some of the other guys are like, dude, let's just take it. <laughs> so, so that's, so that's why you couldn't buy, you know, a record and it didn't get its full release, you know, nationally, um, like it probably could have, but you know, the one thing that I, that I am always confident about, uh, it didn't have to be that way, but since it was, you know, I, I accept it as a learning experience. And let me tell you something, man, I, I, I quickly, it may have still taken a few more years, but, but I definitely quickly turned, um, turned that ego into being a more humble spirit and, and realizing that it was about, you know, giving more than it was taking and, and that, that, you know, we messed up an opportunity at that time. So to my listeners that are, you know, trying to get the music industry, take that as a cautionary tale. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, because what I've learned anyway, man, and throughout all the music business and, and everything that I'm involved in, you know, it's really once we, we kind of turn that, you know, turn into a servant mentality. And that doesn't mean, you know, slave. And that doesn't mean, you know, being taken advantage of. But that just means, look, if you're capable of giving um, your gift of music and writing and producing, still get your business straight, you know, have your, your writing and song splits correct and all that stuff taken care of. But it is about giving and getting your stuff out there and your, your, you know, your co-writing, your co-producing. And don't be so caught up into it's mine, mine, mine. I ain't letting it go. I'm not because it just it's not the way it works normally. And, and um, you'll find way more opportunities and things happening from an open hand um, perspective than a closed hand perspective. Uh, so hopefully that makes some sense. It does. So back in the day, you know, in the early 2000s, when the album was Lincoln leaking, were you guys aware of the leaks or was it just, are you surprised to know that your music was leaking back in the, you know, Napster days? No, you, you know, I, well, I'm definitely, uh, it brings me joy to hear uh, someone like yourself found the music and enjoyed it because, you know, back then we don't, we didn't have what we've got today where you can have folks, you know, connecting so easily and saying, Hey, we heard your music. We love it. So, you know, we knew we loved our music. We felt we had something special back then. Um, and, and so it would have been nice to, to get, you know, to get that, that feedback, but, I say, no, we didn't know some stuff was leaking, but then we did. Be, you know, released if it got leaked, um, you know, it's all good. It, it was, um, I'm glad that people got to hear it. Cool, cool. So one of the rumors back in the day, you know, amongst the message chat boards for New Edition and amongst the fans is that Ralph was actually you guys' manager. So was Ralph managing you guys or not? Well, you know, yeah, for, for you know, you could say that for a minute. I mean, the reality of uh, the reality of it was at first, of course, he was helping me, man. You know, he, he was he was being a friend and he was helping me and I was helping him and we we're doing stuff and 
but then there was a time when we kind of hit this pinnacle of like he was feeling it you know it's like man and we're co-writing and producing these songs and and we were all in it together and so yeah he, he you could say he was managing us but I, I really did have the role of quote unquote management and he was being you know um a friend a businessman and all of those things by lending himself um and his name to what we were doing um you know so so there is absolutely truth in that um but it's it's yeah i mean it, yes Hopefully that makes sense, and I'm not. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you hear so much about the um, the music industry, and folks will say it's like one person was on one thing, and like you kind of never really know like who is behind the scenes doing what. And just uh, you know, caveat on Ralph again, it's like you know, I really still don't think. Dude has fully got his flowers yet. And, you know, when I interviewed him, I let him know, it's like, you know, you really have no idea just how much your music means to so many people, you know, grown ass men, like in our 40s now. That's and, it. and just how you are, just the way, you know, he carries himself, always so humble, always so down to earth. It's like you never hear anything bad about that um, cat. And, you know, I personally feel like he still hasn't gotten his just due as a, solo artists and with the group, you know, with any or any group, he is without a doubt the best front man of any group. Right up there, right up there with Michael Jackson. I mean, I put him right up there with Mike, just as far as being a front man for a group. Like, nobody comes close to touching that cat. Just with the way, you know, the stage and you know, he, you know how it is, man. He's just, you know, he's he is one of the greats when it comes to being a front man for a group, so Man, Shout out to Riz, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. We love Riz, and and I agree, dude. Uh, he is, he's a freaking legend. He is, you know. That's always, you know. We we as fans and we as friends have, you know. Uh, I include you in this conversation, you know. Just like what you said, man. We always looked at him like, you know, he's he's the the quote unquote next Michael Jackson or is you know the Michael Jackson, and man, he's gonna this next record, this next single is gonna be the one that you know that just explodes to that level of success. Now, for me personally, um, you know, part of it hasn't made sense, but I also know Ralph's, I happen to know, have insight into Ralph's character. I don't think he's ever had his, that personal ambition, right? The fame part, you know, at least, you know, I know he, that if it was a choice between, you know, being out, on stage and traveling and city to city or being with his family at home and fishing and doing the, the home life, I would say from my perspective that he would have chose the home life. And as you know, and you've heard from, you know, his, the, the, the new edition story and other things, you know, even in the beginning, it wasn't him that was, you know, out there trying to do it. It was everyone else. Right. And, but he was magical. So he's got this magic about him um, that that's natural. And they all do, by the way, I love them all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's got this magic about him and, but I don't, you know, I just don't think that, um, you know, he wasn't desperate about anything, you know, never, right? He was never like, I got to do this. I got to do that. But he was always true still to who he was. So he's a freaking legend, dude. He wouldn't have to put out another record as far as I'm concerned. And he is as great. And that's really, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I've even changed my, my uh, perspective of he, he's, he's, as great as Michael Jackson or greater or, but in his own lane, you know, and as, yeah. as Prince, but then is in his own lane. And some people may hear that and think I'm crazy. Some people I hope hear that and agree with me that he's a, a special magical guy. Uh, when you're around him, when you're making music with him, uh, when he, when he, when you're in his presence. Um, and I agree with you that he is probably the greatest or one of the greatest entertainers that we've ever been blessed with. And uh, he definitely deserves and, and, you know, to be looked at by the world in that way. Um, and um, so, yeah, anyway, there's, I love the dude, man. I love, he's my brother and, and he is, um, like I said, he's just not, he's not one of those guys that is, um, I don't even know how to put it, man. He's not Hollywood, you know, he's yeah. very business. He's all about, you know, his, what he's doing, but he's just, he's a different kind of guy. Yeah. Special. 
And just to caveat off what you were, um, you know, just saying, um, I think for with a lot of people, um, it seems like the older you get, and maybe it's just me, but the older you get, you know, the whole Hollywood, the whole Hollywood thing, the whole fame thing, like, I guess it really doesn't matter per se. And, you know, I'm guilty of that myself when, when I was living in Europe in the Air Force, when I was a DJ, you know, I was so focused on trying to be Mr. Popular, trying to be the best DJ, trying to, you know, you know, be there, you know, out there doing every little thing, not realizing that I'm making money regardless, <laughs> you know, so I'm making money regardless. And, you know, I turned down so many opportunities because it wasn't, you know, that popular zone. I'm just like, looking back now, I'm like, man, I was, I was on some shit. And, you know, I mean, I could have been making so much more money and still been a DJ because at the end of the day, I'm still DJing. It's like with this whole podcasting thing now, you know, I tell everybody who, you know, I'm not really chasing the fame. I'm not really chasing no big career. Now, I have a full-time job. <laughs> you know, I do. This is just a hobby. Now, I enjoy what I do for the hobby, but you know, I'm not trying to be up there and be like Joe Rogan. You know, that's his lane. You know, I don't care if I don't get paid. You know, I don't care if I get, you know, a hundred thousand streams. It'd be nice and I'll thank God for the blessing. But as long as I get to chop it up with people who music I like, and anybody who's going to come on my platform, that to me is the blessing. And that's, that's what it's really about. I mean, fame isn't all it's cracked up to be. And right. I'm content with this. It's like, you know, kind of what you were saying with the family thing. Um, when I stopped DJing back in the day, when I got married, had my son, I got a greater high from being on my family than anything I got from being in a club and like, you know, wilding out. So that to me is the real blessing and the real, you know, what's really important. That's just my little caveat. I just had to piggyback that out. So Dope. yeah, let's keep it moving, man. So let's get into this uh, third solo album by Ralph Tresman that you played a big part in. Riz, wait, Riz. Riz Warfare. Riz, yeah, Riz Warfare. Riz Warfare is everywhere. <laughs> I, can, I can never say it. And like I said, man, you know, at the time I was living in Europe. So, you know, music stores were kind of limited. This was an independent release. So, you know, I had to actually pay for national ship and international shipping. But, you know, uh-huh. I had to have the joint, though, you know, because I'm a diehard and fan. So anything these cats do, be it solo or be it group wise, I'm picking up. Wow. Man. Um, one of my favorite joints on the song, or one, one, of, one of my favorite songs on the album is an interlude, Slow Down. Oh, Bruh. Yeah. Bruh, that joint? <laughs> <laughs> that joint right there. It's only a minute and 30 seconds. And, you know, yeah. I tell a lot of folks, like, you know, you know you're a bad motherfucker when an interlude is better than some folks' entire album who's coming out with stuff <laughs> nowadays, or, or, or even at the same time. So why was that a full song? Man, dude, uh, let me tell you something. That, we had done that. We basically did, you know, did the record and then you know, did a lot of the songs that, that are on that record. And then there's a bunch of other songs uh, that we had and that we started producing. Really, I mean, this is, I'm just gonna, I'm going to make it a long story instead of just a short answer is we, man, right at that moment, when we did slow down. We were just about to start doing some new ish that just would have been, would have been off the hook. Um, and, you know, things just worked out to where we just said, Oh, it's just wrapped up right now. And we just didn't even fin it. We didn't do that whole song, man. There's so many other songs. Let me tell you something that was just straight up, just went to a, this whole other place um like slow down these other songs that we just didn't we just man we just didn't have to things didn't work out for everyone's time to get in but we had just hit the crescendo man we were we were just about to be doing some stuff that was gonna be crazy and of course we all planned to get back to doing it we're like all right this is cool this is done for now let's let's roll so um that song i'm glad that we were able to put that 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 interlude on there because it definitely you know 
was dope uh, and is dope. And, and man, we had so many other songs that we were coming with that would have just been just as, as, as saucy as that, man. So, you know, we, me and uh, Dan Bell, you know, Diamond, that's my production partner. Um, you know, we always talk, we always go, man, man, why did we not, you know, keep, keep rolling these whole other songs just would have blew people's minds, you know, and just, so anyway, it is what it is, but I agree with you. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, I kept uh, Slow Down, My Home Girl, and um, Don't Act Innocent. You know, this is back in, you know, my mix CD days, but I, every time I made a Slow Jam mix CD when I was in Europe, I would find a way to throw one of those three songs on any compilation, you know, that I was out there throwing out. So, you know, my fans who knew me as DJ Aftermath, like you guys probably heard, Don't Act Innocent, Slow Down, My Home Girl, <laughs> you know, way back in the DJ Aftermath days. So shout out to Danny Dillman, Danny Bell, and of course, Ralph Tresman for those three classic slow jams on Riz. Riz Welfare. And actually, let's not forget, you know, um, Carlos, uh, Carlos uh, McSwain, man, he just, he just passed away. And then, uh, and then Big Worm, you know, so those, those two cats were involved on, on the home girl and don't act innocent. So I want to make sure that they, they, they get their love and respect as well. It was the, it was the five of us on those. And slow down was me, Ralph and Dan. Cool, cool. So with the uh, with the Christian Heartbreak album, the first album, if you guys go on iTunes, Spotify, whatever stream platform you use now, you guys notice that Ralph plays a big part in the Christian Heartbreak album, you know, featuring Ralph Tresman is all over the album. So was Ralph in the studio for every tra track you guys did on the first album? Hey, man, every track that has got his name next to it, he absolutely, you know, co-wrote with us, sang on it, um, you know, either co-wrote or sang on it or produced on it. So yeah, no, we, 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 man, we're having a good time and producing some great stuff. I think, I think Ralph's favorite would have been tell me what's on your mind. Um, and, and he, you know, that he was doing the vocoder stuff on that one with us as well too, besides singing on, on the track, the other parts. So, well, yeah, man, every song that says featuring Ralph, he was, he was deeply involved. Things you do, you know, you hear him come on there and, and whatnot, and um, yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. You know, we kick ourselves in, as, excuse my language, in the ass all the time because, man, we weren't, you know, we didn't have cell phones that took pictures, right? Even not so long ago, we're going, who's got, who's got pictures of all of us in the studio for years, you know? And uh, none of us, because I wasn't like that. You know, I didn't roll around with a film camera or a Polaroid or anything, and no one else really did either. So, yeah, there's a bunch of, bunch of you know, and I probably would have shied away from the photos back then, point is is yeah some of the, those memories are in our minds you know and on and in the music um, we had some fun fun times in the studio man and it was it was just just great great times creating and and uh, doing all that stuff all right and what can you tell us about the new single baby you oh man baby you is you know it's it's to me it's, it's kind of a hot you know, I liken it to to our version of of uh, "Hit Me Off." Um, you know, of course, you know we're we're not new edition, but um, it's kind of you know come back with a track that's kind of hip hop. You know, got a dope beat to it, and we're singing on it, and um, you know, highlighting our our vocals and and the beat. So, "Baby You" is one of those tracks that's, that you know you can throw throw on while you're cruising and riding with your homies or your girl and 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 bob your head to it and you know and hit replay so i i of course think it's a dope dope track what do you think about it i mean you know i'm r&b head man so it's cool man no auto tune so you know it's not no uh overage of vulgarity so respect for that so um you know i like it man it's like you know i'm very um very bold and I'm very um, critical when, when it comes right to my reviews. And as a matter of fact, you know, I'm not going to say the name, but I did a recent review of, of, a, of a certain artist and on my site. And I've actually gotten like eight or nine comments from their stands saying I shouldn't be reviewing, saying I shouldn't be writing reviews and, and you know, don't quit your day job and 
you know, the one today was like, do you have a woman? You know, how old are you? Like, really? I'm like, okay. Like, that's, that, you know, that's what we're doing. I'm like, yo, I'm pushing 40. So when it comes to me for r and I'm sorry, but if you're older than me and, you know, you're talking about popping bottles and you're comparing a woman's anatomy to, to liquor or to candy or whatever, you're a clown. I'm, I'm sorry, you are. Because it's no reason for you to be damn near in your mid-40s, you know, trying to cater to somebody that's like 18, 19, 20. You can right. still cater to them, but you can also stay true to your sound. So, you know, I ain't going to say no names, but, you know, you, you know who you are, who, you know, try to come for me. It's like, you know, I don't even pay stuff any mind. I just, you know, I'll see the comment and I'll go and I'll delete it. Like, you know, I don't get into pissing matches or, you know, arguments with anybody. Like, you know, you like it or you don't. And that's why right. I say it. it's like, you know, I didn't like it. I mean, you know, it wasn't for me. Right. In the same token, though, when you've been in the industry, you know, 20 plus years, you don't need you don't need to do music like that. I mean, bro, just just imagine right now if Smokey Robinson came out with a song, you know, uh, think of something like Juicy Coochie and <laughs> you, know, you got you, you got Smokey in skinny jeans, a throwback jersey and a grill in his mouth. You know, you have any idea how bad Smokey would get clowned? Man. Like, Smokey, what are you doing? You're almost 80. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to do all that. Yeah. So, you know, to bring it back to you, but baby, you, thank you guys for keeping it grown, man. Thank you guys for staying in your, you know, adult music. Because, again, it's nothing wrong with catering to a young crowd. It's just in how you do it and I think Charlie Wilson is a perfect example to where yeah you know Charlie's in his 60s but you know my son who was 12 my mom you know who's you know a bit older and I can all listen to Charlie Wilson song and still party so have the same type of you know groove and feeling so yeah, it's just my little uh, my little rant about these stands yeah. out there it's not that serious at all well, and it's your opinion. And, you know, I, well, I tell people all the time, you know, agree to disagree, but respect everyone's opinion, especially on their platform. Yeah. This is your platform. It's your opinion. And people can agree with it or disagree with it. But it, why even waste your time, you know, fighting about someone's opinion? It's their opinion. And, and um, you know, I think if more people had that freedom uh, within their minds, you know, that, that there wouldn't be so much uh, back and forth, uh, you know, funny business going on between people. So, you know, but I agree with you, man. You know, and, and we've got the, I don't know if you know this, but we've got the new single that drops probably tonight at midnight, actually, but, you know, tomorrow, which is called We Know It's uh, We Know It's Love. We Know It's Love? Yeah, We Know It's Love. So that's, wow. a, that's the new single drop. And we're, we're planning to basically drop a single every month uh, for at least cool. next five or six months. And then, then we'll, you know, with those and the other songs, we'll we'll put the put the album out as a collective. But that's what we're gonna do right now, since we're since we're kind of back on the scene and 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 that perspective, we want to kind of just you know a song at a time, and you know, download it, stream it, whatever, play it, enjoy it, you know, and and hopefully people will uh, will enjoy it because you know that's what we're doing it for, man. We're doing it for first and foremost, we're doing it for our own creative outlet. Um, and then of course, sharing it with other folks, you know, letting them enjoy it. If they dig it, they dig it great. They don't, they don't. Um, but we're excited. We're excited to be putting out new music and, and me and the guys, you know, working on stuff. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it's exciting times. I, well, you know, you can count on my support, man. You know, like I said, even though, even in the streaming age, you know, I still click and buy the little 99 sensor. Buck twenty nine, whatever it is on um, iTunes. Well, you're a rarity, my brother, because everyone else is streaming, <laughs> and I appreciate you. I mean, you know, a lot of folks don't get it though. I think if more people really understood, you know, they got their subscription to Spotify or Apple Music. Heck, even I do, you know. But I, I do the same thing you do. I will go, you know, because I know what it is. I know that 
you know, people are, whether they're spending lots of money and, and making their music or it's their livelihood for, for some folks, they don't have another job. You know, um, I think it's important that we support those artists that we love and care about and buy it because they're not getting paid anything hardly, you know, pennies of pennies on streams. So unless you're, you know, doing, doing those billions of streams, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're not going to sustain your operations or your, your uh, livelihood that way. So um, I appreciate that you, that you're someone like myself, man, who will go out and really support and, and buy, you know, that single for 99 cents, you know, it's not, it's not a lot to, to, um, to show your love for someone who's been, you know, touching you for generations with their sounds and, and their music. So that's dope. That's the thing, Dan. It's like, you know, you know, especially the R&B community is the worst at that. So when, you know, folks always say that R&B is dead, R&B is dead. Like, it's not dead. It's just that it's not the dominant force that it was, that it once was on the radio. There's still plenty of artists out here making quality music. And it goes back to saying that you know, for me, I can't complain about something when I have the ability to make the change. So it's like, all right, so, you know, buying the Chris Heartbreak album on a streaming platform for $9.99, all right, well, if I go to Starbucks, right, and I freaking want to get two, you know, large drinks, it's going to be more than the Crucial Heartbreak album <laughs> before, yeah. you know, before the tax. Yes. So it's like, you know, if you want quality R&B, you, you know, you got to support it. You have to support it. And if you don't, then you can't complain. It's a reason why people like Taylor Swift, people like Kelly Clarkson, people like Ed Sheeran do so well because their community and their fans will buy their music no matter what. But yeah. when it comes to R&B, we're quick to download, we're quick to stream, but we actually don't buy copies of support our elders, which right. is a problem. But again, that's another conversation for another. And it's a great marketing thing, man. I may, may use that. Can you please buy us two cups of coffee? <laughs> Are we worth two cups of coffee? Can you get, get down with two cups of coffee for us? <laughs> All right, bro. So before we, before, we, before we get into these really hard questions, I got to ask, what was the inspiration for you to buy the historic Bell Theater out in San, San Leandro, San Leandro. Yeah, in California. Why did you decide to buy the theater? Oh man, the 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 theater was was the the culmination of of all you know all my years of of striving and 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 doing everything from the music stuff to my technology stuff to you know media stuff. It was really the place I saw that. Uh, that I could do it all, that I could do it all, and we could have concerts, and with the relationships that, that I had, you know, built throughout the years, it was, it was a dream, dude, it was a dream, it was a dream come true before I knew it was my dream, um, and so that was it, you know, and, and I have to say that without a doubt, you know, I know this isn't a, a spiritual podcast, but I want to tell you that uh, it was meant to be, it was a preordained uh, destiny, for all of it to happen, I could share with you the, the you know, it'd be, a, it'd be a story all within itself, but let me tell you something, God was heavily involved in making that transaction happen and uh, enabling uh, my family, my wife and I to, to get the place and then overcome all the obstacles to be doing what we're doing today, minus this, uh, this, this, this COVID thing. Um, you know, it's it's really been miraculous. So, um, man, it's a dream come true. And 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 then of course from you know at and like I said, it's a long story of getting to you know to the success that we that we have. But you have no idea what it's like to sit back and have Ralph on that stage, to have Morris Day in the time, Al B. Shore, Howard Hewis, Tevin Campbell, actor Jodeci. I can just run down the list and just tell you how amazing it felt because like you, I'm sure, all of these guys were people I admired um, and, you know, loved their music and respected them and admired them and to become friends with them and then to ho you know, host and promote events that they're, they're participating at that theater. Dude, it's just magical. It, it, it is just 
you know, I got to, I got to pinch myself. I got to do whatever, because there are times, you know, I'm busy quite often, you know, helping, you know, obviously running the shows and whatnot. And, um, but at, every once in a while I save a f two front row seats for me and the wife so we can just go down for one song out of all these guys and be able to actually sit there and just be like, enjoy and, and, and uh, be in that moment. So, um, it was inspired by God. I have to tell you, the inspiration came from God. And before I, before I knew it was my, my dream was my dream. I first saw the Bell Theater when I was 19. So when I was 19, oh no, no, heck no, not yeah, 18, 19. And that's when I first saw the place. Um, and I just never would have known then that, that I would have um, been doing what I'm doing today with it. So. Oh yeah. That's also a, um, one of my, uh, bucket list or one of my um dreams is to own a uh music venue or actually just to promote uh, you know a music video you know i'm in the dc area and my son's godfather uh clarence right shout out to my man bam over at uh cca events you know he does that and you know i was gonna you know start running with him back in the day but it was just work school my son being you know young it was just i couldn't really commit to it and i commend anybody that's involved in the owning a venue or the concert promotion like i don't really think the public knows just how gritty how much blood sweat and tears actually goes into you know being a concert promoter actually owning a musical venue so shout out to anybody doing that but for me though it's um loving old school music and there's just so many cats that you know that i want to see live who rarely come to the dmv because i guess they feel like you know there's no market for them up here but i'm like yeah, yeah there's a a huge market and so anytime um now anytime there's an, an artist from the 80s or from the early 90s or 70s whatever who's still kicking I try to make it a mission to go and see them live anytime they're in my area because you never know. Because two of my biggest regrets in life are not seeing Luther Vandross back in 02 oh. and not seeing Tina Marie back in 2010, I think she was here. But Luther, um, it was 02, and man, I'm young and dumb. Like, you know, I like Luther, but I wasn't like a super duper fan. So, you know, didn't go to the show. He had that stroke like nine months later, and then you know he was going in 05. Tina Marie, the same thing. Um, that one, something happened, and I, I couldn't go. And then you know she was gone a few years later. So now, you know, anytime there's a, an older artist in here, I make sure to say I had a chance to see them before they passed away. So you know, I've seen Earth, Wind, and Fire, seen the Whispers, seen the Temps, seen the Four Tops, seen Charlie. Um, so yeah, I make it a habit now to see artists who were before my time and artists that are in there, you know, just classic artists before they pass away. Just, yeah, to, just, say, just say that I saw them. And the only person left on the list to see is um, it's just Janet. So yeah, I think Janet's the only one left to see. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, my one of my good friends, man, Willie Ford of the Dramatics, you know, we had him several years in a row. And he just passed away, I think it was last year, gosh, it was last year or year and a half ago. So, you know, you, you are absolutely right. Anyone listening, anyone listening, man, go support and see those artists, especially some of these older ones, you know, because uh, tomorrow's not guaranteed, man. And you don't want to miss out. There's just, just you know, magical. Willie and, and, and his, his group, man, they put on a, a heavens of a show. And I was honored and, you know, to be able to do that and and um sad that he's not in this realm but i know he's living in the uh, realms of eternal but uh, go out and go out and support these guys for sure all right bro well you know i gotta hit you with these uh these juggler questions like i do all uh <laughs> interviews that i get so you got to put on that thinking cap and think really hard and answer carefully i think we're i think we're losing connection here no <laughs> all right so you get a phone call from Kendrick Lamar, and he tells you he wants to sample Gotta Get Away from the Chris Heartbreak album. The same time you're talking to Kendrick, 
your email goes off and it's a message from Drake saying he wants to sample the same song. They're both offering you the same amount of money. They're both offering you a cameo in the video. But who are you going <laughs> to get the song to first? Oh, man. Well, you know, I don't know if you're going to beat me up, but I, I, I guess I guess I would say Drake, uh, but I like them both. I like them both. And matter of fact, I would try to figure out, I'd say they're not doing the same song, so why not both? <laughs> it's uh, December 23rd in California, and you get word that Best Buy is open, and they have a stock of the new Xbox and the PS5, but they're only limited to one per person. Which one are you going to buy first? Man, I think my kid would make me get a PlayStation. Cool. And when, cool. I, say kid, when I say my kid, you know, he's 25. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all up, man. I didn't even try to, um, didn't even try to get one, you know. I let my son know. It's like, uh, you never want to buy the first, um, the first batch because you know there's always issues and problems so yeah. wait for wait for the second launch well you know if i was to answer you honestly i would have said neither because i'm still a nintendo dude and atari wow. <laughs> old school <laughs> i can still play mike tyson punch out man and and some asteroids on atari but you know <laughs> so all right as a music fan who's one musical artist story you would love to see told and a biopic on the big screen. Ah, uh, huh. Wow. Um, well, you know, new edition. <laughs> you talk about the big screen, they did the BET thing. I would love to see a movie, um, you know, that, that covers, you know, from, from the beginning till current. I think that would be dope. And there's so many other stories, man, that the, these guys, I'm sure, you know, you're aware of a lot of them. So I think that would be dope. Um, who else? Who, who, uh, I mean, the jo Jodeci story would probably be pretty dope, you know, if we're talking in the same realm. Yeah, that's what I, Ralph said. He said he wants to see uh, Jodeci. <laughs> with, um, with Jodeci, though, um, if, if they get Jodeci, and I think they're going to, you could probably tell Jodeci's story on the big screen in a good two and a half hours like he did straight out of Compton. Right. Jodeci definitely has to be rated R because them brothers are off the chain. Oh, and, you know, love, love you to death, Jodeci, but to really get like Jodeci's full-on story, yeah, Jodeci definitely needs a rated R, gritty, like just no holes barred biopic. Like BT yeah. won't be able to cut it because <laughs> Jodeci was wild. Yeah, man. Another one for me would be the Tonys, you know, Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh, uh, you know, I'm great friends with, with Dwayne and, um, you know, cool with Raphael. I love to say I'm great friends with them, but I don't chat with them all the time. But, I, you know, their story would be, would be dope as well, you know. Their story would be dope as well, and they're from the Bay. So that'd be another one. I think that would be tight. Um, and I love some, I love some, you know, some old school stuff and, you know, I love all kinds of stuff, man. So I love Kenny Rogers. I love Lionel Richie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, Lionel Richie would probably be a, a dope one, you know, to, to, to watch. Matter of fact, I just watched this whole Kenny Rogers thing, you know, when he passed away or whatever, before he passed away, I had no idea that Kenny really put Lionel on. I know they did those songs together and some of my favorite jams, but, um, but I didn't know it was that it was Kenny Rogers that basically, you know, Lionel, the the hundred million dollar, two hundred, three hundred million dollar man was living with uh, living with Kenny before he ever blew up. Yeah, man, and you know that's what it's all about. Is um, you know, I, I, that's one thing that I will argue about is um, is biopics when people say like so and so doesn't deserve a movie and everything. I'm like, to me, if you're in the industry and you've made it you have a story. It's just all in the angle you decide to take in telling that story. And like, I know a couple months ago, you know, they were talking about um, doing Janet's story and folks were kind of like, why? Like she's already, I'm like, Janet has a story. I mean, for me, Janet's story could easily be the story of 
you start right when she was on different strokes. You focus on her going from different strokes right up to she did control. Because people forget, you know, unless you're a diehard fan, you know, you grew up in the 80s. Her first couple albums didn't really do anything. And it wasn't until she got with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis in 86 that she became her own. You know, it's a classic underdog story. Yeah. That could work. And so cool. All right, bro. I want to thank you for um for dropping by and chopping it up. If you folks haven't heard the Crystal Heartbreak album, it's available on all streaming platforms as well as Baby You. And there's a new single dropping tonight. Remind us of the name again, please, sir. We know it's love, and um, yeah, we know it's love, and it's kind of got that that purple prince vibe. We're using the the old Lynn drum machine, so it's got that that little Corvette little red Corvette, you know, drum sounds. Uh, so it's it's a cool vibe, man. It's a cool, cool mid-tempo, you know, love song. We know it's love. And do you guys have um, plans to drop an album, you think, this year or next year? It is definitely 2021 because we're going to be dropping singles, man, for real. We've got the next single after We Know It's Love will be the following month. So it'll be November, I think, which will be um, uh, If She Only Knew. And so we'll just be dropping singles. Man, look, you know, just search, you know, Crucial Heartbreak. Hopefully you download it. But if you stream it and support us, let us know you're digging the music. And every month there's going to be something for at least the next five months, a new single released every month. Oh, and then there's also a remix drop-in of, of uh, It Must Be You that, that, we, that we did with Ralph. Um, the original's been out, you know, since 2007 or 2008. But there's a remix uh, that drops in October as well for It, uh, it Must Be You. Um, which is dope. It's an Insomniac uh, remix. So uh, I think people will enjoy that too, you know, and when, when they buy that stuff, they're directly supporting Ralph, supporting us, you know, every record, every single from the original 1990s Crucial Heartbreak record, you know, we all share in those proceeds. It's all independent and we love and appreciate everyone that loves and appreciates us. Hell, we love and appreciate everyone, whether they like us or not. (laughs) Cool, cool. All right, Brett, is there anything else you want to add? And where can fans find you on social media? Yeah, you can you can find us on Facebook at Crucial Heartbreak. You can find us on Instagram at Crucial Heartbreak. Um, you know, you can f- go to crucialheartbreak.com uh, and just know that that's at least a portal. They can, you know, they can connect with us, send us, you know, send us emails, tell us what they want to hear, tell us what they enjoyed. Heck, call us with your criticism. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, yeah, so they can find us on social media. And um, man, appreciate you and appreciate uh, you taking the time to chop it up with us. Because like you said earlier, you know, it's not like everyone's knocking on our door. <laughs> well, you know, it's all love, man. You know, we got to keep R&B alive. Well, all right, folks, as always, you know, I try to end my pod- podcast with a quote. And today I'm going to go to the book of Nas. No ideas original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do, but how it's done. Mr. Nasir Jones. Until the next time, done out. Hey, it's your man Royal Watkins, writer, comedian, director, husband, father, friend. You are checking out Reviews and Done. Right. Be sure to check out this episode and be sure to check out some of the other amazing episodes. Shout out to my man, Derek Dunn, for having me on the show. And we'll look forward to you guys checking us out soon. <laughs>